Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're gonna be talking about Alex Cox's results from his autopsy and his toxicology. As you know, Alex is Lori Vallow Daybell's brother. He died on December 12, 2019, and we've been waiting for about five months for the results. So I'm about to share them. I'm also gonna have my hubby, who is a 16 plus year paramedic weigh in on some things and I'm going to share what he had to say. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and click that notification bell. Make sure you turn those notifications on to all. Also, give it a like if you support this video and share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. Alexander Lamar Cox died on December 12, 2019. He was only 51 years old. His birth date was January 18, 1968. He died one day after Tammy Daybell's body was exhumed and around two weeks after he got married to his new wife, Zulema Pastenas. They got married in Las Vegas and Alex even took Zulema's last name, according to the wedding records. Now, on the day that he died, his stepson, Joseph Lopez, found him on the bathroom floor and he called 911. Here's part of the 911 call. I'm 25. Okay. I have the paramedics on the way, so he's in the restroom right now. Okay. Gilbert, can we get you started? I'm already in route. All right, thank you. Okay, is he on his back or on his stomach? Where is he at? He's on his side. Okay. Can you lay him flat on his back on the ground? Um, I'll try. It's just there's feces there, and I'm trying to just keep cool right now. Um, you said he's what? There's feces on the ground. His. Okay. I know that's gross, but if we can just go ahead and get him flat on his back, I want to make sure he's right. breathing, because if he's not, we're going to do a few things. Gotcha. Did you say he's cool, like cold? Alex. Alex. Alex, we gotta get you on your back. Alex. Does he seem more awake or more asleep? He's more passed out. Okay, is he opening his eyes or moving at all? He's breathing. Okay, is he breathing normally, like his chest is rising and falling? He's not making any weird sounds? Yeah, he's uh, making a very exhale sound like... Okay, if he's doing that, we need to start CPR, so I need you to get him flat on his back on the ground. Okay, I'll do that. Let me know when he's flat on his back, and we're going to give you instructions, okay? Okay. Out. I know it's not ideal, but you're doing a really good job by helping him if you can do that, okay? Oh. Yo, Alex. Alex. 
not he's not breathing. No. No, he's too big. Okay, just try to get him on his back so we can do chest compression. My, my mother just got here. Okay, give her the phone then. So, did she say the mother just got there? Yeah. Come here. Come here. And we're coming on mineral right now. Really we're bad. almost there. It's really bad. Come up there in the bathroom. We need to get him on his back. Can you put your mom on the phone? She's right here. You're on speaker. Okay, ma'am, the paramedics are pulling up, but in the meantime, we need him to get flat on his back, and we need to give him chest compressions, okay? Chest compressions. Does she know how to do CPR? Yes. She knows how. Okay. How far are you? We're pulling up out front right now, so they're grabbing their equipment, and they're coming in. Are you on the okay. first floor or the second? We're on the second floor. Second floor in the bathroom? Yes. Okay, and the door is unlocked? Yes. yes. Okay, do you see the paramedics now? Yes. Okay, Joseph, you did a good job. I know that was really scary, but thank you for your help, okay? Joseph, okay, before you, you hang up, right. Joseph, before you hang up, I need your last name. Okay. Joseph, let the paramedics yes. do their business and tell me what your last name is. Lopez. Joseph, what's your last name? Lopez. Okay. And what's your date of birth, Joseph? Alex's last name? I don't know. You don't know his name? No. Okay. All right. Do you let the officer in? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to let you go. Bye-bye. What was interesting in this phone call was that Joseph didn't know that Alex was married to Zulema. He actually said that it's my mom's boyfriend. He even said the male appeared to be in his 40s, so he didn't even know his age. And also, he didn't even know Alex's last name. Now, also interestingly, in a clip that I saw last night, of Lori's mom, Janice, and her sister, Summer, they said that they didn't even know that Alex got married, nor did they know that he moved back to Arizona. So everything kind of seemed hush-hush, which was interesting. So as a recap in that 911 call, Joseph found Alex on the floor, uh, not really responsive. He went on the 911 call, he was freaking out a little bit. And then Zulema came into the door a little bit while later and you can hear she's saying yes, she's kind of sounding frantic that she knows CPR. And then they got off the phone and then Alex actually died later that day and they did the autopsy and the toxicology. And now we have his results. So according to the medical examiner, the primary cause of death for Alex Cox is bilateral pulmonary thromboemboli. And the contributory cause of death is arthrosclerotic and hypertensive cardiovascular disease. And so basically it's a pulmonary embolism. And now when you look up the symptoms of it, symptoms of pulmonary embolism depend on the size of the clot where it lodges in the lung. So a lot of times people will get deep vein thrombosis, which is in your legs, and the clot actually travels. So the most common symptom of a pulmonary embolism is shortness of breath, 
This may be gradual or sudden. And other symptoms of pulmonary embolism include anxiety, clammy or bluish skin, chest pain that may extend into your arm, jaw, neck, and shoulder, fainting, irregular heartbeat, lightheadedness, rapid breathing, rapid heartbeat, restlessness, spitting up blood, and weak pulse. And then for the arthrosclerotic and hypertensive cardiovascular disease, basically he had um, his artery narrowed due to the buildup of plaque and he had high blood pressure that led to other complications. Now, Alex's niece, Melanie, was on that Dateline special and she did say that she talked to Alex every other day and that he had troubles breathing. She also said that he was super healthy, so we know that's not right. So I weighed in with my hubby, which I mentioned that he is a paramedic, and I asked him about the Narcan uh, because it showed in Alex's report that there was caffeine in his system and also Narcan. And so a lot of times when people overdose on drugs, the paramedics come in, they give Narcan, and then it reverses it. But I was asking him, okay, well, what about in this situation? So he said, what happens is basically Alex was unconscious and then barely breathing and then he stopped breathing like we heard in the 911 call. And then he says when medics show up and they see this, they may think that, you know, um, it might be some sort of opioid overdose because he's not breathing. You know, he's a fairly young guy, he's 51 years old. They might not suspect a heart attack or uh, the pulmonary embolism. They just might see that his breathing is really shallow or not breathing. So in my hubby's protocol, what he says is if he had super low breathing and small pupils, let's say, he said he would give Narcan to counteract it if in fact there were opiates in his system. But even if they administer Narcan and you don't have it in your system, then he said it's not a big deal. Like it, it wouldn't cause any harm. And then when we listened to the call, Alex was on his side at first and he was having what sounded like labored breathing, what Joseph said, and he was making a sound, but he was still breathing. And um, he was in a recovery position at this time because he was on his side. Now, then dispatch told him to put him on his back and then you heard gurgling in the, in the call. And he sounded like he was choking on his own saliva because he was lying on his back. So Mr. Linda said that he would be better to lie on his side when he was in that recovery position because as soon as he went on his back, he made the gurgling sound and then Joseph said he stopped breathing. Now, one of the things also I asked him because a lot of people are asking about this is um, Joseph found him on the floor and he was covered in his own feces. And I said, well, doesn't that happen after you pass away? Because he was still alive. And he said, no, sometimes if they're going to the bathroom, you know, they could have been doing that and then something happened and they fell on the floor or, or it could happen during. So I was asking about that. And the only extra thing he said was, yeah, when medics come, they'll see a 51-year-old who looks maybe fairly healthy, then they may think opioid first, and they wouldn't necessarily think heart attack or the pulmonary embolism. And he said uh, breathing might have been in their protocol too, because everybody has different protocols. Maybe it's different up in Canada than it is down in the States. And pulmonary embolisms can happen if you sit a lot, if you are sedentary. Um, we know that Alex said that he's actually a truck driver from the body cam from when Charles Vallow got killed or when he killed Charles Vallow. 
and he said he drove a truck for a living. Now, in the last few months of his life, he did quite a bit of traveling aside from his job. In September, he drove to Rexburg from Arizona with Lori, with the kids, to live there, and that's a 13 and a half hour drive. Then they took a trip a week later to Yellowstone National Park with Lori and the kids, and that's five hours there and back. And then in October, he drove back to Gilbert, Arizona for the attempt on Brandon Boudreaux's life. And that was 13 and a half hours of driving there. Then he drove back for another 13 and a half hours. And that's a total of 26 hours. And then at the end of October, he drove with Melanie, his niece, to American Fork, Utah, where Brandon's parents lived and drove back. So it's four hours there and four hours back. And then he also flew with Melanie at the end of October from Idaho Falls to Gilbert, Arizona. They rented a U-Haul and then they drove all the way back to Rexburg, which is another 14 hours. Then at the end of November, he drove to Las Vegas with his soon-to-be wife Zulema. They got married and that was a nine-hour drive there and a nine-hour drive back. And then just a short time later, like just a few days later, they went and packed up and they went from Rexburg back to Gilbert, Arizona, which is another 14 hours. So he's having a lot of driving, a lot of sitting, and we don't even know if he drove truck for those four months too. So it does make sense to me that he did have a pulmonary embolism and that there wasn't anything else funky going on. it does line up. Now, according to his new wife, Zulema, he actually had complaints of burning in his chest and shortness of breath the week before. And Lori allegedly called Zulema and said, hey, I'm worried about Alex, can you check on him? Zulema calls Joseph, Joseph goes to check on him, and Joseph finds him on the floor and then calls 911. This is what Melanie said in the Dateline special. Now, when it comes to Gilbert Police, they said the next step for Gilbert Police Department detectives assigned to this case will be to review the autopsy report in its entirety. The case is still active at this time. And there's a representative for Alex's family members, including Zulema. His name is Garrett Smith, and this is what he has to say. In their most private conversations and their most public statements, they've always avowed and asserted that Alex died of natural causes. There's a history of this type of medical issue in the family. I'm sure that this report strengthens them. It's nice to have empirical evidence for what you're saying. They're relieved, they're still saddened by the loss of their brother and their husband and their uncle and their son. But there's gotta be a sense of comfort that their fond and wonderful memories of Alex won't be marred in the future by this speculation and rampant gossip that's been going on about him. And when I look to see about a funeral, I tried to find out obituaries and that kind of thing. And all I could find was something on findagrave.com. And it lists that Alex was cremated, but no real obituary anywhere. And no mention of a funeral. And I had wondered earlier in previous videos if Lori even went to her brother's funeral. And she was in Hawaii at this time. She flew to Hawaii on December 1st with Chad. And they ended up renting a home there. I believe it was December 10th. And I don't believe she went back to Arizona to um, mourn the loss of her brother. Now, there was also a statement from the Cox's family about the medical examiner report. 
and they made this through their attorney's office, and this is what it said. The Maricopa County Medical Examiner determined that Alex Cox died from natural causes. The report dated May 8, 2020 states the primary cause of death was bilateral pulmonary thromboemboli, a condition in which arteries in the lungs become blocked by blood clots. Arthrosclerotic and hypertensive cardiovascular disease was named as a contributory cause of death. Alex's widow, Zulema Pastenes, along with his mother, Janice Cox, sister Summer Shiflet, and his niece, Melanie Pulowski, are pleased to see the report confirms what they knew and maintained since Alex's death on December 12, 2019. In interviews with many news agencies, the family stated numerous times what they knew to be true. Alex's death had no sinister aspect. With a degree of vindication, the family hopes that the confirmation of this truth will help all to step back, take a breath, and allow the truth to unfold through the process. Rampant rumors of evil plots and conspiracy robbed the family of their time to grieve their loss of their husband, son, brother, and uncle. Even so, the family finds comfort in the medical examiner's finding that Alex Cox died of natural causes. Now, earlier this year, there was reports that Alex might have been connected to Tammy Daybell's death, which is being investigated. And Janice had something to say about this, Alex's mom. She said that Alex has always been protective and loyal, but could never be considered a hit man. And she says, I can't help but laugh. Alex is the most laid back person. He's been funny his whole life. He surely wasn't perfect, but he doesn't have the intensity of a hit man. He doesn't have the desire to be a hit man. He doesn't think death solves anything. And she said, it was hard to hear about Alex from the police. We didn't know that he had gotten married. We didn't know he had moved back to Arizona. That was very hard, so it affected every part of our family. And just in this statement, it's interesting because on one hand she says, I know my son, he's the most laid back. He could never be considered a hitman and, and this kind of thing. And then in the next breath she says, well, I don't even, he didn't tell us that he was married. He didn't tell us he was going to Arizona. So. Um, that's what I see in that. So am I surprised at the cause of death? I am surprised it was a pulmonary embolism. Although when you start to put it together that he was a truck driver, he had high blood pressure, um, he's done all this traveling, it does add up. He said he had shortness of breath, wasn't feeling so great. So I can understand that. I never really thought, you know, some people in the comments said, well, maybe he committed suicide. I didn't think that um, that was their opinion. I, I never thought that he would do that after all this. I just don't think after um, you do some of these things and had a pretty uh, normal conscience, let's just say, when Charles Vallow died, I just didn't think he would, he would go and kill himself. But a lot of people are still skeptical about the about these results. So let's have a chit chat about that in the comments below. Let me know what you think and we'll have a chat. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Click that like button and click the share button. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you made the switch to NYX? 
Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.